0: Welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your hosts, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan and my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you today? Woo! It is pretty in this town
0: today. We have had big time. It's summertime. It feels warm, but uh got a lot of good stuff going on here at the campus.
1: Hey, buddy. I know our uh, listeners, all 33 of them, they can't see you, but you are wearing proudly today your Varsity Sports t-shirt from Baton Rouge. Absolutely. So I, I would encourage any of our listeners to go back and listen to the Jenny Peters podcast. Jenny, the co-owner of Varsity Sports and our dear friends. So, hey, thanks for uh, repping Varsity Sports over there in Birmingham. No problem. Do it a lot. Love this Varsity. Well you know what I love? What? Our next guest. Okay. And I'm so excited that we have on the show today our very special friend Deb Berkey. Welcome to Scaling the Summit. Deb how are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm great. Now that the show started I'm even better. So buddy you know at this point I I usually introduce the speaker and you go take a break. That sounds good. Yeah you ready for your break? All right. This is this is a good one. It's a long one. We want to be sure all of our listeners know Deb. So Deb is currently the Executive Director of Shape Michigan and the Executive Director of Midwest District in Shape America. Deb earned her Master's in Physical Education and Motor Development and her Doctorate in Professional Preparation, Pedagogy, and Behavior Analysis from West Virginia University. She retired in June 2018 after 33 years of service at Western Michigan University where she was instrumental in the development of the online graduate program in pedagogy. Deb also served as the chair of the health, physical education and recreation department at Western Michigan from 1994 to 2007. Among her professional roles, Deb has served as the president of the Midwest District, president of the National Council of Phi Epsilon Kappa, Midwest representative to the Aford Board of Governors, and the Midwest representative to the National Council of Phi Epsilon Kappa. She received the Midwest District and Aford Honor Awards. That's a big deal, buddy. The Meritorious Service Award and the Michigan Aford University Professor of the Year Award. Deb is a member of the West Virginia University School of Physical Education Hall of Fame. And an avid golfer, Deb also enjoys cycling and international travel. She's traveled to the Netherlands, Italy, and Southern France on bike and barge trips and has been fortunate to visit Belgium, Switzerland, Indonesia, China, Taiwan, Greece, Turkey, Scotland, Germany, Australia, and New Zealand. She resides in Southwest Michigan where she enjoys the best of both water worlds at her home on an inland lake, 20 minutes from South Haven on Lake Michigan. Buddy, I am worn out. That's amazing.
0: That is an impressive career. I, I, I am. I mean, just to listen to everything you've done, um, And I don't know a lot about you. And I think that we've seen, I've seen you and we've, we've passed um, at conferences. I've seen you on many things that you do, but I'm just going to say, just to have a chance, just to talk to you and see how impressive your career's been. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. I really want to start from the very beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your bachelor's degree and where you got it?
2: (laughs) You did. Yeah, that was the one thing you didn't, um, didn't put on there. I am a very proud graduate of Slippery Rock
0: oh. um,
2: it, in my day. It was Slippery Rock State College. It is now, of course, Slippery Rock State University. I don't think I think they dropped the state now that I think about it. But um, um, well, that's not exactly where it all began, but that's where my professional or uh, my, my professional um, involvement began. Um, Because at Slippery Rock, it was Delta Psi Kappa. You see, there used to be a women's Delta Psi Kappa and there was Phi Epsilon Kappa. And back in the day, Delta Psi Kappa was what you went into as a woman. And later, I find it ironic, I didn't tell you this, I was the first president of Phi Epsilon Kappa, first woman president. they um, They were consolidated a number of years ago. What can I tell you? Well, Slippery Rock is in a little town, called Slippery Rock. Um, where would you go? Uh, because I grew up in a place called Wind Burr, Wind Burr, transposition of Burrwind White Coal Company, uh, closer closer to where I lived with Scalp Level. Um, and in the borough of paint so where would you go but slippery rock yeah and <clears throat> then that, my the
0: names that's my pretty
2: awesome man, I, and then I went pr- pr- right, right down to a place called Payton City which these <laughs> youngies won't know what Payton City Pey, you know what was that old show uh oh anyway it doesn't matter and I then of it was, course it I was went,
1: Hollywood Squares was no, that no 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 that wasn't
2: it it was Payton oh. okay. Place Peyton Place, Peyton oh, Place, there, okay. you there you go, there you go. Let it go, buddy, let yeah, it go. One. I knew okay, I could, it's buddy. only because of my age, Thank It depends on you, that's all right, it's all right. And then I wind up in Zoo, and I always made the joke that, well, at least I knew which zoo I was in now, Kalamazoo. So uh, you asked me, uh, what do I remember? Well, um, I had outstanding professors. We were expected to be a part of professional organizations from the get-go. I was in what they called a hyper club, um, hyper hyper club. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, we had our own um, st- little conference. They still have that today. I'm proud to, to say I, I've journeyed back. That that's been going on for like 50 years. Um, people like Ambrose Brazelton. We got the best to come to Slippery Rock and did a little mini conference as students. Um, as okay. Said, now wait, was, wait,
0: wait, wait. Did you? Are you saying at your university they had yeah. their own?
2: Conference? Yep. We conference, conference we had our own conference we had our own conference and they still have it today um, nice. it should, it, it, they didn't have it for the last two years because of these issues but so we missed our 50th anniversary and I'm hoping next year to get get a bunch of us back together
0: now is that connected to uh the Aford there the site Aford?
2: Well, it's part of the it, state. I mean, the state presidents would come. Well, uh, J- the current ED is a grad of Slippery Rock.
0: Nice. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I was right. I think that that's that's what I love about these podcasts, because I have, I'm learning so much about all the way across the country. But I think in the, the, the concept there is that the university had their own conference for physical education. That's
2: the students had it. Okay. The students had it. This was from our student organization. We nice. we developed it, we managed it. And they had, and that tradition stays today. So I'm, be, I'm very, you know, very proud of that. Um, I had people like David Oxter. If you're an adapted person, I worked for Oxter for many years, uh, even after I left. Um, I can tell you a little bit about that too, but I won't because that would be that in and of itself is just a story. Because David Oxter wow. was just a legend. He used to take us into uh, state hospitals. That's mm-hmm. when you were just going through the. I mean, I graduated in 76. So I was in that time period. A lot of history was taking place. Mm-hmm. Title IX, of course, um, and the uh, P- Education of All uh, Handicapped Children Act in 75. Um, there was a whole lot of, I got to live a whole lot of history. I'm pretty, wow, pretty like, wow, you know, this, this stuff actually happened while I was alive and while something, well, I could see it unfolding. So anyway, um, they were very good role models. They were wonderful role models. Uh, Carolyn Williams was there. Uh, David Oxter, uh, Joni McKaig. Um If you're from the if you're from Pennsylvania or you're from the Eastern District, you you would know those names. You would um, anyway. So we were just expected. We didn't know any better. We just did. not yeah, that's,
0: that's amazing. Uh, it is. So tell us about your first teaching job.
2: Well, in 1976, most people were getting pink slipped. Um, and mm. so um, I looked, I actually only had three interviews. I had an interview in um, inner city Baltimore, and I didn't know what reverse busing meant. I didn't know. Um, that was the one thing I guess I'd say that, that, that um, I'll attribute it to the times. And I made up for it when I was a, a professor myself, but there, Fredonia, New York, in this little place, this place called Wetzel County, West Virginia, Wetzel County, West Virginia, there's 55 counties. <laughs> there's 55 counties in, um, because they, they go by county there. There's 55 counties in West Virginia and there's 57 school districts, Charleston and Beckley have their own, or no Charleston and uh, Wheeling. But in any event they were looking for, and they were attracted to me be, for two reasons. One, um, they passed a law in West Virginia at that time, they were that progressive, they don't always get a lot of credit, but they really were, um, that K-12 was going to have physical education. They didn't have a certification for K-5. <laughs> so there were a number of Pennsylvania people that wound up in West Virginia because we did have that certification and because of my background in uh, and adapted physical education. So I started teaching in a little place called Payden City which is part of Wetzel County and I was uh, they took 27 schools and consolidated consolidated them into four buildings and my building wasn't even done and they hired me. So that's what I remember about it. I was 27 years old. I did not speak fluent Southern. But I can't, I won't do it because I because you guys are on <laughs> you you would get after me if I did what I mean they'd say poosh and boosh and fish and dish and I don't know what they were saying, you know. I'd be like, What? What the what the boosh? What the boot, you know. So anyway, I learned, you know. buddy, um, buddy
1: I don't know what she's saying. Do you I know neither? Okay. No. okay, okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> okay. All right, ginger, you got that?
2: Got that one. Bullpucky, okay. bullpucky. In any event, what I remember was that they were wonderful. Um, and they gave me a chance. Um, and then of course, as soon as I signed the contract in West Virginia, they hired they, uh, they wanted to hire me in my hometown would have been a whole different story. Wow. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, what, what do I remember about it? I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I didn't speak their language. And I I, I lived to tell another day. Um, I wanted to impact the lives of children through physical activity. That hasn't changed. And uh,
0: how long did you stay
2: there? I was a school teacher for six years. Wow. Um, during that time, I went over and did my kids. It wasn't the you know there was no online. It was nothing of that. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I it took me six years to do my master's because I I teach like like a lot of us in that era drive all the way over to Morgantown um, and then take classes and then drive back and get up in the morning and teach. Mm-hmm. So, and then Amazing. I went back full time to do my, my doctorate. Uh, I got Wonderful. a chance to do a grant.
1: Well, d- hey, Deb, I want to hear a little bit more about, uh, about Morgantown. I, I have to assume that maybe in some way, West Virginia became a place that, you know, it, it it had to have your heart a little bit because you didn't, you didn't leave, not, you know, after that public school experience and you stayed for your, for your master's and your doctoral work. So what was, what was West Virginia like at that time, the university?
2: Well, West Virginia at the time was in a it was in a state of I'll call it flux. Um, there was a tremendous building um, effort that went on there. If you've ever been in Morgantown, you know it's it's built on hills, literally. When someone says, "Oh, go up the hill," and I just laugh here because I, I grew up in Southwest Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and you all don't have a clue what a what a what a you know hill, you know I mean everything's built on a mountain, but they um, built. Uh, Different specialists, different schools on in different locations because they were landlocked. So if you went into Morgantown proper, there it was like landlocked. And it, it's a beautiful spot. It's right along the Monongahela River. Beautiful. Um, you can in in uh, an hour you can be in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. In an hour, the other direction you can be at Canaan, at Canaan Valley. Um, it's, it, there's a lot of things to do there. Um, but it was in a building flux. They were, they were, they were transitioning and they built the law school in one part of the town and the med school in another part of the town. And, and they were the first school that had a monorail that went between among wow. them. So, but they a college is a college town <laughs> and you know, that it, it's the people. I mean, I have three homes. Pennsylvania will always be my home. My second home is West Virginia and my third home is Michigan. Wow. I'm still a card carrying uh, West Virginia, not just a, an alumnus, but I also still belong to their their association.
1: Oh, cool. All right, buddy, this is when I'm going off script. You ready? Uh, I knew you would. Eventually, it's going to happen. So, Deb, I have a question. You know, we are really, really big football fans, college football fans <laughs> on this show. We're Oh, no. <laughs> are, are you, okay. It's okay. I, I don't have anything scary to ask. So, I don't know if it's like college football lore or if this is true, but is it accurate that in West Virginia, they burn couches?
2: On oh, the, yes, they do. Uh, Sunnyside.
1: Okay. What, could you tell us about that? Because it's very odd. We had a we had two dogs that once ate our couch to the point that it had to be carried out to the street for the trash. It was, it was a bad, bad, bad day. And as we are leaving, taking the couch out of our home, I said, wow, I kind of feel like we're in West Virginia right now. We should probably just set it on fire. But I really never knew if that was actually a thing that, that y'all did. So it kind of sounds like,
2: Yeah. It's just a tradition. Um, As I said, if you would a little bit more about that that in a minute, but Sunnyside is right down in the middle of town and the football stadium used to be right in the middle of town. I mean, I kid you not. I mean, it was right square in the middle of that town. And when they had a football game, nobody went anywhere. Okay. And all the students, that's, that's student heaven down there. Okay. Or the ghetto or whatever you want to call it. I really don't know who started that mess, but they burn a couch just about every time, if not one, two. But I do have to tell you that um, I must have moved to the right place because Western Michigan University does the same thing. Um, and they they get in just and equally It's much trouble for it. But um, we also have a student ghetto. And strangely, something about the North maybe, um, they burn couches. You
0: know, I, I we think that we have it big down at SEC. That is, they're a raving, they're just crazy people that love their places, and they love. It's a spirit. It's a spirit
2: of it, I guess. Sometimes the spirit is within them, (laughs) and they make their own spirit. And I'll leave you to think that through.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm interested uh, in this you becoming Michigan's executive director, and I think that they're blessed to have you. There's no doubt um, being an ED, and I. I don't make any bones about. I've never been an executive director. I, I think people that are executive directors are a different, um, a different, in a different league than I am. To be truthful, because to be able to handle, I love to organize young kids and maybe college kids. Organizing adults and leading a big group is just a very tough thing. I'm interested. Can you tell me what led you to actually become the executive director for Michigan?
2: Well, I've always been an advocate, and it's one of those things, I guess I'd say, when you were talking, I thought, oh, well, somebody has to take the middle school. I was never a middle school teacher, but that's kind of how I felt about middle school, and Ginger, if that's what you are, God bless you. But anyway, um, I was always like, huh. I handle the elementary school, and I can coach at the high school, but, see, you know, Wait a minute, wait, wait,
0: time out. I'm that middle
2: school, I loved middle school. Well, and see, that weird. See, that's see, weird. See, and I think you're a special, a very special person, too. <laughs> okay. She's a lot special, all right. Saying, mm. You have to get in line on that one, because <laughs> there are a lot of people. Yeah, they be, could be yeah. in a
0: lot of lists. Okay, well, thank yeah. you for that.
2: Well, it's uh, it's kind of like this, either, um, either be part of the solution or be part of the problem. I don't really, um, I was a department chair for 14 years. I um, I lead lots of different organizations, but um, I felt that physical educators in, ge- in general and to a lesser extent, health educators get looked over. They're, I mean, they're, they're overlooked. You're the last one on the list when it comes to technology, they're the last one on the list when it comes to getting the money. You're the last one. It just, you know, and I felt that I have the um, capacity to. Um, marshal what they need or make sure they have what they need if they choose to be an effective teacher because it's a choice you know um and so i thought that i would utilize my gifts if you will or my capacities and I know most of them. I mean, I was, at, I was 33 years at Western. I will tell you, I know an awful lot of teachers and I know a awful lot of administrators. And I'm just at the point in my life where I, um, I can network those things to, and put them together. So my planning skills, I just wanted to make sure that my last chapter in, the, in my professional life was that I did the best I could and left them in the best spot that I could. And so this was logical. But
0: I think you saying gifted. It, you know, there is a gift. There's a gift to be able to be that leader of that group, and uh, I think that they're blessed to have you truly. And I think having somebody just an advocate who who cares, and you're not just trying to have this role, but that you really make a difference. I, I think that's that's what I'm finding on these podcasts. I mean, you're you're part of of a group of people that I, I just I look up to to say you've done so much. I mean, you've done so many things, and I think that's what this podcast is really about is trying to make sure people know that there are people that have paved the way and have worked so hard. And you're not looking for, you know, for somebody to go at a girl. You're, you're doing it for a different reason. And so I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. I'm not in thank Michigan, you. but I'm going to be honest with you. I think that they're
1: blessed to have you. Well, thank you. Hey, Bonnie, uh, off topic again. So I have been to Michigan, and okay. it is an absolutely fabulous place. You would love it. I loved it. The temperature was right up our alley. Okay, even, that sounds Even awesome. in June. Uh-oh. And the, uh, the lake water, Deb, we stayed at uh, Torch Lake. Oh, yeah. It was the end of June. So, it you know, down here, it would have been 11 million degrees. Uh, but the water in Torch Lake might have been 20 degrees. I mean, it was freezing, Ooh. cold. I ended up in the water on a dare. That's a different show for a different <laughs> day. Uh, and I'm not going to mention who who issued the DARE, but it's someone we all know. But Deb, what a, what a great place uh, you live. So you've not only been the state AFERD uh, executive director there in Michigan, but you've also served uh, as the Midwest District executive director. So I know that's that's gotta be a, a, a big job doing both of those at one time, but how would you say the role um, in Midwest District is different from your role as a state ED?
2: Well, I was always aware of this. I think what um, you have to understand, I came out of West Virginia and I came to Michigan. Um, I didn't intend to stay 33 years. I intended to stay a couple and go and that's not how it went. But um, I was in the Midwest from 76 on. And so uh, people like Bior and people like Barb Passmore and people like Tony Annarino and people, and those were you know, they were all there and, they were there as a group in Midwest, Midwest at the time, uh, the Midwest district, we had the first um, student conference. I mean, there's a whole thing to that. And I don't care what anybody says, I can tell you exactly who stole whom from what from whom. We used to have that thing at Pokagon. And it really doesn't matter. You know what, it was all good for the kids. But, but um, in, in that, when I first started out, and you know, I was president of, of Midwest district, and I was uh, president when we, when we got rid of the conference and made it into collaborations between the states. Um, so we would have a conference, we would have a workshop in a state effort. And the reason that we started to do that at that point was that we have really strong states. The weakest, not weakest, but the smallest state association is West Virginia. Now They're very close-knit, but they're very small. The rest of them, Illinois is a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Um, Wisconsin is, I mean, they're pretty strong. Indiana, I mean, they all are strong and very, very independent. And so what I found, um, and I find as a state ED, I want to take care of Michigan before I take care of a district, before I take care of a, of a, of a national. Still, I see the utility and, and, and the um, importance of the networking, connectivity, and resourcing but you you have to put on different hats and think about okay so what's best for the teacher because there's teachers in Michigan that'll never be a member of anything but the te- mm-hmm. but and I'll be happy frankly if they're mm-hmm. just part of us and so how do I reconcile it well I, I I it's 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 um it's the capacity to network and utilize and get. Even more resources, recognition, help for these people. Which, as I said in the, at the beginning, want people to uh, pursue a healthy, active lifestyle. I started that out in an elementary school, you know, thinking that, and then it turned into, oh no, that's for everybody. Oh no, that's you know, and so I want teachers to be able to lead that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did not want to be the Midwest district ED. I will tell you the story very quickly. Um, I, I had no intention, absolutely no intention of being the ED. And something happened that the I hired the guy, Jim Cook, who was the ED, B or and I wrote the um position description and hired him. So and he's the only one that was ever the ED. Well, he got fired, and everybody knows that. And so when that happened, they were looking for somebody else. It was a snowstorm. I came in my door and the door and the phone was ringing and I thought, ah. I'm not going to answer that when I did and it was the president of the Midwest district and begged me begged me would I come. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So out of loyalty to the to the Midwest district and out of, you know, wanting to make sure that they were still a presence within the organization, I took it back. But again, it's because I know how to lead lead. I know how to organize. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Deb, I, I gotta know what have you enjoyed most about being an executive director, whether it's for Michigan or Midwest, what's what's been your favorite thing?
2: It's the same thing I would say if you ask me what's my favorite thing about teaching. It's that aha look on their face. It's that that minute that some little kid gets it. Oh. And it's that teacher that sometimes you, know, you got to work on them and work on them, work on them, you know, like they just want to take care of whatever's happened in Crawdad, you know, Michigan. And I want them to realize that they're connected so much more. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me go. Um. Uh, that those, the, not, not that they're grateful. Cause I mean, uh, thank you. No, I don't look. The thank you to me is you got it and you got something for your kid. We brought mm-hmm. catch grants in. Um, some kids got things that they never would have gotten. And the teacher's like, Oh, I wish I'd found this before. Oh, <laughs> this is my lifeline. Oh, and when you hear stuff like that. Fortunately, it, it doesn't take much I just keep going. That's awesome. pretty
0: awesome. And I think, you know, when you when you think about it, and I think this next question is kind of interesting because <clears throat> I can't imagine you being any other role because you just said it's almost like you had you were born to be a leader. You were born to lead others. I'm interested. The reason I'm going to ask you this question is because we've been able to, it's I don't know, we tend to all fall out of our seats on most of the answers because asking somebody what would they do if you had to choose a different profession, we've been blown away by somebody's ideas. So I'm interested if this wasn't the profession that you were in. What would you what else would you have chosen?
2: I'd have been a principal. Oh, okay,
1: I see I, that body. Yeah, I could see that. Right? I can see that. Yep, I can yep. see
2: that. There's days when I think, What were you thinking? But you know, there's days when I think, Why'd you leave that little school? You had, you had everything, you had it all. Yeah, you know, um, I had the well, anyway, uh, but but I wasn't supposed to stay. I was supposed there was something else I was supposed to do if you just open your eyes you'll see there's something else you're supposed to do. You got I to agree. pay attention a little bit. Sometimes that lights a tel- a, a, a train, mm-hmm. you know, coming, but, um, that's, that's what I would have done probably, or I would have, and then this might blow you away. Okay. I, I come, ready. I come from a very long line of military service. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, my brother was, um, a two-star admiral. He retired from the Navy. Wow. Um, my uncle was, um, uh, the, um, uh, the aid to uh, General Westmoreland and uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on. They were, it was all branches, all, all of them. And I, I might've gone, I might've pursued the, uh, a, 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 a service in the military. Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, hey, thank buddy. You. buddy, I think, I think Deb would have like, you know, knocked a grand slam with either one of those i'm not worried at all i I think she would is going to be successful no matter what (laughs) absolutely got the skills
2: i gotta say one thing though you said you were born to lead this is uh, do you ask this question because i would be tempted to ask it so birth order Mm. guess where i am you got to be the oldest i'm the oldest of five so i was born to take care of correct all of them <laughs> from the beginning and there was one bathroom in our house okay so get the idea so you got your 10 minutes and if you mess up you better be running to grandma's because it was right down the road.
0: wow okay it, wow. it's okay this this being able is genetic and environmental so oh yeah. Words, oh yeah oh yeah wait yeah. it was there
1: okay so got it De- covered. yeah deb's been in charge of people for her A long life her right. whole life
0: If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe to Scaling the Summit in iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform. While you're at it, if you are finding value in this show, we would appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or, if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks and enjoy. And now, back to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold.
1: All right. Well, Deb, listen, we talked a little bit in the intro about your amazing, literally, world travels. And uh, we love to travel. We're, we're a traveling group. So I would love to hear about your travels. Have you? Is there a favorite place that you've been that you'd tell us about?
2: You know, I thought you were going to ask that. And the thing that hit me right away was Barcelona, Spain. Mm. Um, that wasn't a bike trip. Barcelona, Spain, We because we've done... Um, road trips too. And uh, Spain was one of them. And we we, uh, went into Barcelona uh, and then drove all the way down to the tip, down into um, Gibraltar and a little bit further, and then swung back up through Seville and Toledo and into Madrid. But That, um, Barcelona, uh, if you ever go there, uh, there is a um, a Familia, uh, Familia, Sampra Familia is a huge um, cathedral, and the guy who designed it, if you can believe this, his name was Gaudi. (laughs) <laughs> and and if you go to Mar- if you go to Barcelona, he w- you you will see all sorts of of things that this guy designed. This was at the turn of the last century, so he started to do this thing in like 1910, like down in through there someplace. Every bit of that thing is still not done. He mm-hmm. hired he hired artisans, he hired craftsmen who lived on site like their whole lives. I mean, he's got the four huge, every single thing of this. And it's all about light. And it's all about um, the the beauty of of nature and worshiping, uh, in this case, the creator. And so uh, just that alone would have been worth it. Um, But I really like Spain. Um, I really liked, uh, I don't think it's even on there, Portugal. That was another road trip. Uh, Portugal is Portugal wants you there Spain and give it rats you know if you're there or not but um, but Portugal they love it and Portugal is poor man Spain poor person Spain I mean that's just everything is about tiles and uh, everything every single thing is a tile their tile work and um, funny I don't know if I told you this funny story about um we were there for Corpus Christi in, um in Madrid uh however many years ago that is now and and they they were doing their first communion i'm not mm-hmm. catholic i'm lutheran by the way so i'm we're we're on this we're in this bar and we see this parade coming i mean it went for miles they had all the nuns all the monks all the priests all the everybody and all the congregations and they all had a banner and they were all walking up the street because madrid means the, the city of the bear so they're going to and there is a um there's a, a statue there, but all the little all the little girls were in white. They're six. I think they're all they were in white dresses and the little boys were in sailor suits mm-hmm. and they're walking up through there. And we're in a bar, right? You know, of course. we're in a bar. N- nice
1: Lutherans, buddy. Oh, hey, you, you know what?
2: That right. <laughs> yep. So. So we're in the bar and this guy, there's these three guys in there, and they look like they fell off a card. I mean, they had ruffled neckl- necks and they had the pinafores in the front and the back, and they, they had a bear on the back of this one. And I'm hamming in the back and trying, I have a picture of it. And the guy whirls around, I mean, he's got a sword and the whole thing. He says, you do not have to stand at my back. In perfect English, you can stand in my front. And he takes a picture, right? Turns out he was on, he was the vice mayor of the city. And at the end of the at the end of the parade, here he was walking up and he points at us with his sword. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty cool.
1: Did he make you an honorary citizen? And uh, we took off
2: by that time. We were like probably uh, probably ought to hit the road, Jack. So,
1: so, Deb, I got to tell you, I I was fortunate enough to see uh, in uh, Madrid, La Sagrada Familia. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I remember is, you know, we pulled up on our, our tour bus. And it was one of those where we were going to get out. We weren't going to be there very long. And I thought, okay, let me start taking pictures immediately. Right. And uh. I could not through the bus window. I could not get my phone low mm-hmm. enough in the, the the floorboard to see the top of the thing. So when mm-hmm. I got out, I thought, okay, problem solved. I'm out of the bus. I'll get my picture. You can't get a picture of La Sagrada Familia. It's huge. It's it is it is just an unbelievable thing to see. So, you know, Deb, one of my favorite things about travel is, uh, you know, I find everywhere you go, whether it's Cincinnati or, you know, Madrid, you always kind of learn something, you know, I just Mm -hmm. I kind of think if you if you open your eyes, like you said earlier, and you're traveling, you'll learn something. So what have you learned? Those countries that we mentioned have some radically different cultures, environments, everything. So what what do you think you've learned by having such extensive travel experiences? Children play. Uh,
2: cool. Yeah, universal, right? Children play. Um, we were in. Now you said that we were in Spain, and there's a lot of outdoors. If you were if you were there, you, when you were there, you probably saw all the little plazas. And so you're sitting outside, and everybody was outside. We went. We purposely went into a neighborhood. Instead of going into the city this time. So the kids had a ball, a ball. And of course it's, it's there. It's soccer. Okay. Football. So they're kicking and they're kicking and the ball gets stuck up in the tree. Right. And the kids are standing. And they're standing there, and I mean, what? And it was interesting to watch how they problem solved. They yeah. thought they they tried everything that they could think of, and finally they went and got an adult who crawled up in the tree and jumped up and down, and the and the <laughs> ball came down. But kids play, yeah. kids play, and if we would be more in tune with, I mean, they we the the physical activity we suppress physical activity, and and they all have a way to play. When I was in China. The different ways that they played. I got to see dragon boat racing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to fall in that river, but but <laughs> it was interesting to watch. But I um, th- we by nature play, mm-hmm. and I think we need to leash that a little bit more, make a, bit, a little bit bigger deal out of it. Um, but
0: I think that's interesting because I had a chance to go to Greece, and, and- I rem- I was on an educational tour, and I don't know if where we were riding was the best. I don't know, you know, you just in this bus and I remember being everything being so dark and I don't know. And I was so sad because there was no place to play. I didn't see playgrounds. And then all of a sudden I saw this one little space and it was loaded with kids. And I I, so I think what you're saying is it just brought back a, a great memory. I went it would it bothered me how dark everything was. But even in the darkest times, Kids kids are going to find a place. And if you just find a place to play, it was a flat. It wasn't really pretty. It wasn't anything colorful, but it was, they were all over it. So I I agree with you about this, about children just need, we just need to give them space and uh, hopefully encourage them to keep going there. I'm interested this, you've had an incredible career. And I know people have usually have somebody that, you know, gave them the, I don't know, the push or the encouragement to do what you've been able to do. Uh, I oftentimes get this question and people say, Sandra, that's a hard question to answer because to answer and say, somebody was influenced me, I may leave somebody off. So I don't really want to, I, I would like to offer it to you as, was there anybody that you want to give a shout out to of a, hey, this is a person who influenced me and helped me get started or made a huge impact in my career. So I'm, I'm, any, anybody like it, I, I have three people down that we t- usually say, that's just a, it's just a number. So, is there anybody that you want to give a kind of a, a, a hey thank a thank you to?
2: Well, um, at the beginning, um, it'll be a reverse question because I'm never I never. Th- there were two people that were my physical education teachers who won't they won't hear this. I mean, I don't even know if well one is live, but um, they both went to Slippery Rock. Uh, Gene Cameron and and Karen Snavely both went to Slippery Rock. And and that's how I was, oh, Slippery Rock. And it turned out that Slippery Rock was the place to go. But heck, I was a kid. I didn't, you know. So, But they were good teachers Mm. and good people. And they showed me that you could influence people through physical education. And that wasn't always popular. Mm. I would say the second one would be my parents, but not because they encouraged me because my mom said my 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 youngest sister's 12 years younger right and I came home I was in by the hell by the time she was in school I was changing careers and she flunked physical education one time and I was having a cow. and I said why did this happen and she didn't take her shoes or some stupid thing how embarrassing and I looked at my mother and I said doesn't this bother you and she said, Deb, it's just Jim. And I, rem- oh. I looked at her and I said, <laughs> Mom, what do you think I've been doing all this time? And she said, you're different. Wow. Now, let me tell you why that encouraged me. Because I tell people when I use the story. <clears throat> My mother's a registered nurse, a very good registered nurse, uh, still alive. She's 89. My father is, elect- is an electrical engineer, also still alive. Um, they... Um the, the, they didn't know what I was doing, but they knew I was making a difference mm. And so that to me is encouragement Wow. Um, Oxter, there's no doubt, and no, nobody understood David Oxter. If you know who I'm talking about, he, he was crazy. But that guy he, that that I never ever forgot that look, you 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 got to include everybody. Wow. You got to make sure. And sometimes those, those aren't easy. Those are not easy um, things, but um, I, I, I Carolyn Williams also not with us anymore. Um, Johnny McCaig, mm-hmm. um, But so, yeah, you're right. You would, you would you, the handful of people, but I have learned from everyone. Be or, yeah. I mean, be or she's, I mean, once she got me in West Virginia, uh, Pat, all of them, you know, but B especially because, bless your heart, you just couldn't do anything <laughs> wrong. As long as you said, bless your heart, everything was okay. You know? That's true. But she never gave up. She never gave in. And you always steam forward. And so, wow. you know, anyway, sorry, that's a long, lot. No, long.
0: Uh, that's, and, and again, I love that you you took a little bit of effort to actually go into each area of your life, and I think that we find so many times in a lot of all these discussions is that there's been we there are people, and it's more than one that someone either encouraged you or showed you modeling. But I think that we all need that, and I hope that people who listen to this, you know, could be that person that somebody says, "Hey, you know, this person made a difference," and you know, you want somebody to be, whether it's not about a bit of thank you, but that you know that you gave them a little push towards being better. So
1: amazing. Thank you for that.
2: No problem. All right, buddy.
1: Well, hey, it's time for rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. Rapid fire is one of our favorite segments. It's not our most favorite because that's coming up, but it's one of our favorites.
0: All right. Rapid fire. These are, these are quick. We'll, We'll ask you quick questions and all you have to do is fire it back. Favorite meal
1: to cook or eat? Salmon. Oh. oh. Hey, do you know? do you, hey, you say fast?
2: <laughs> that was good. I was all hyped <laughs> up. Here <laughs> you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're we slow. Get, sorry. It's, it's, I do it on sale. a poach. Now that you've asked, I do it on a poach tray and I do it on the grill. It's good. Cool. Uh, Come to you, Michigan. I'll show you. I,
1: Oh, buddy, we didn't even have to you do did our not thing.
2: Have to ask to no, you can come oh, anytime. There's
0: lots he just here. said it. And she said, come and she would feed you.
2: Absolutely. That's part of the deal. Two oh, boats. Road show. Yeah. Okay. What was high school, Deb, like? I loved high school. I mean, yeah. It was just, well, it was just, um, it, it, uh, we had a fairly progressive town. Even I graduated in 72. It was really pre- um, title nine and we had sports teams Mm -hmm. and they supported us and i mean it wasn't like it is now but the fact that we even had them you know it seemed to me that there was organized and you know um we 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 got to letter my god in that time um so
1: that's very cool
0: that is progressive it's all good wow love that okay you're stranded on desert island you have three people
2: who would you pick? <laughs> well, I'd better take my significant other. Uh, yes, um, my <laughs> wife would go with me. Um, uh, you know what? Probably uh, Betsy Kuhl, who you don't know. She's the tennis coach, at or was she retired from Western Michigan University, and and her the, the we the four of us travel together, so that and we haven't killed each other. So oh. it would probably be them. Because we've we've done trips for 20, 25 years. So I'm pretty sure if we could do that, be them.
0: You want to keep the peace on a desert island. I mean, you really want people that are there that you like and (laughs) are
2: smart. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. The the top rule of travel has got to be not killing each other I mean, yeah. That's, yeah you gotta know okay. when
2: to walk and when not
1: <laughs> all right deb so this next one we love it's describe your perfect weekend but i do want to put out there that that this can be anything you want it to be you can teleport you could pretend you've won the mega million it could be anything so what would your perfect weekend be
2: Actually, the perfect weekend would be here um, when the when they're not around. Um, the weekend would probably have to be transported from the middle of the week because we get the lake from Sunday night to Thursday night. Mm. And if I could take that, put it, this is the best place there is. Ah, sweet
0: with that beach or mountains,
2: mountains. And I know you wouldn't believe that, but I like the mountains too. And I already have the beach, so. Mm. Well, there you go. I'm not a beach beach though. I like lakes. So you I don't like it. sand.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's okay.
1: Okay, sand is okay. All right. Uh, favorite musician or band? Uh, Elton John. Oh, good one. Hey, buddy, <laughs> buddy, we saw Elton John in Atlanta. I just got to tell you, Deb. Like, I don't know, a year and well before the before the plague he was phenomenal didn't take a break i mean he would disappear for like three or four minutes to change outfits there was no intermission there was no nothing he was he just was nonstop.
2: i got to see elton john and billy joel together in concert in chicago wow and i like billy joel but i love elton john for and but the the he you're right just never, you got your mm. money's worth mm. from the beginning to the end. And after knowing a little bit, even more about him, I was like, yeah, anyway, yeah. Elton John, no doubt. Cool.
0: All right. Now I remember Charity saying earlier that you're an avid golfer. So I need to ask you this one. <laughs> hit, I'm still
2: trying. It? Okay.
0: <laughs> Ever hit a hole in one. <laughs> I'm still trying. I know that's, that's a hard one. That's, you know, but the point is that we yeah. have, we
1: keep hitting it. You just have to keep it.
2: swinging. Just that's keep it. swinging.
1: Okay, Deb on a scale from one to ten. Ten. Wait. I'm the driver. Wait, wait. No. No, the audience doesn't even know what we're asking. Okay. You said speed. A, buddy, you it said speed. Matter. Wait a minute. She this said, is
0: she's a 10 at everything. Do you not get that?
1: My bad. That's my bad.
0: it. You do not, this, not ask a scale. This is of a leader.
1: This is southern rapid fire. Okay. It oh, might be a little oh, slower. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Gotcha. So let's try it again, Deb. On a scale from one to ten, comma, how good of a driver are you? I'm a
2: tan.
1: <laughs> so you're Woo! real good. You're a really good driver. Uh, I am. They come kay. and get me.
2: In fact, I can, I can do trailers. I can do, oh, I wow. love stick shifts. I particularly love six speeds. Uh, the men come get me on the lake to back up their trailers into the Lake because they're not because they can't so they don't know how to use their mirrors and their cameras and camera didn't help them yeah you still have to know right and left and backward mirror so hey Deb did you ever teach driver's ed heck no no did you drive a school bus <laughs> did you ever drive a school bus no well you know I told you well I started to teach when I was in in in, in 76 and I had my own van mm. I had a, a uh, <laughs> It was a cargo van, though. You'd never do this stuff now. <laughs> First, I had a pickup truck and it, with a cap on it, and the girls would crawl back in there. Well, that, you know, and it got cold. So then it went to, um, I had that van, and they'd jump in that van, and they'd be in the back. And I think about that now, and I think, oh, my God. Oh, or this, all the softball teams that I took, <laughs> my own, you know, or whatever, Um yeah, I had a chauffeur's license, if that's what you mean, oh. because you had to. You were the athletic trainer. You were the school bus driver. And yeah. one time I even had to officiate my own game.
1: Are you serious? No.
2: Yes, I am. Wow. Because oh. I'm also I was a volleyball official for about 40 years. And um, I did college and high school and um, <laughs> went up into this place called uh, Tyler County. And we got there and the official didn't show up. Well, we'd gone driving all the way up there, and the other woman was also a grad of Slippery Rock. And I, she says, well, we, "If we can't play, unless you go up there." And I was like, Psst. "So up I go." All right, so I'm up there, and in my in my on my team, if you didn't call the ball, you did three push-ups. <laughs> When the ball goes up and ball hits the floor and they didn't call it and they all got down and they did three push-ups. I was like, oh my God. And everybody's like, everybody thinks like, that's funny. I don't remember who won. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. They got to play. And yeah. I called that game just like I'd call any other one. So wow. Okay. Buddy, I
1: know you've that, driven a school bus. Yes, I have. You, you and that, go ahead.
0: I, and I, I tend to think that there's a lot of similarities. I don't know, but I do think that I had to call one of my games too. No, you didn't. Uh, yes, I did. How because do you do really, that? when you live in the country, well, and t- people and people don't show, we have people having to come an hour to do, you know, to try to referee. And if they're not, if they don't come, and somebody else has driven an hour to your school, I think I did that one time, and I, I don't remember. But uh, I, I don't know. I was but old. I will, school.
2: I will tell you this, Charity. I did drive a lumber truck. Oh. And it was um, twin axle, uh, which is the size of a school bus. With um, my dad owned a lumber yard too. And so uh, one of the things that I did for one of my college jobs was to deliver the lumber and the cement and the, you know, I'll tell you, it took, it told me it, it it drove me back to school every year because I didn't, I didn't ever want to be lifting shingles and uh, and drywall and two befores. And, you know, but I had that flatbed and I told you where I lived, where we lived. So you had to learn how to downshift and you had to learn how to, you know, so I, I'm with you on the bus. The bus can be kind of top heavy. You got to pay attention to what you're doing.
0: Mm. Well, I'm telling you, we learn it a lot. This is you. You are this is serious. You get a <laughs> lot of skills. Okay, last question on our rapid fire. And I know you're probably going, why do y'all call this rapid fire? Because y'all really asked me things. This is fast the, for us, buddy. It, oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Come on now. Best advice that you receive from your mom or your dad. I know you talked about them earlier. Do you have anything else you want to? Any other bit of advice that maybe you want to share with us?
2: Well, Dad would say never lie. They'll mm-hmm. find out. Um, my mother would would would. Uh, I think the best advice I would say from my mother is listen carefully, mm-hmm. uh, listen to all angles, try to um, try to see it from everybody's perspective before you. Be, but before you do something but right wrong do something don't don't be part of the problem mm. don't be part of the problem be part of the solution even if that means getting out of the way
0: well i believe your parents definitely gave you the skill set to be a leader and they did there's no doubt all right let's move to this next part because this is so serious
1: this is our favorite part this is so- our
0: favorite part and poor ginger has to be quiet the entire time and this is her Favorite part of the show.
1: Yep. She's an expert. So, Deb, we have a fun little game that we like to play with our friends on the show called Two Truths and a Lie. And this game is in honor of our friend Cam Kirst. And I know you know Cam. If you ever want to know anything more about Cam, you just play this game with her and, and you'll learn all kinds of stuff. It it'll just <laughs> it'll blow your mind. So you're gonna tell us three statements about you. Two of those will be true, and one of them will be a lie. And like my buddy said, Ginger, our amazing executive producer, is going to guess which statement about you is not true. So, Deb, are you ready? Sure. Ginger, are you ready? I'm ready. And in this corner, Ginger. Okay. So, all
2: right, Deb, hit us. We're, we're ready. We can't wait. I played baritone in the high school band. I know how to brew moonshine, and I played college volleyball.
1: Hey. Baritone, is that like an instrument? We, it's a big horn.
2: Oh, the big one, okay, okay, I'm with you. It was as big as I was. Okay. Oops. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. Count that one out.
0: Ginger, <laughs> Ginger, I think mm. she kind of helped you on one. Uh, she did, which is good, because um, after getting to know Deb today, I could see her being able to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Um. But so we know playing baritone is true. Uh, moonshine or volleyball?
1: So basically we're down to one truth and one lie. Yeah, this is the Deb Berkey version. we're gonna we're gonna change it one okay. truth and one lie <laughs>
2: Um
0: I'm going to say that your lie is that you played college volleyball.
2: And you would be right. I played college basketball. Oh, <laughs> I was a point guard. Really, nice.
1: So, Deb, I want to hear, I just, as you may recall, I don't know if I told you, but I spent last week on the bourbon trail in Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> so I want—I would like to hear all about your moonshine skills, please. Uh, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Oh, boy. Well, hey, I guess, buddy, we're okay, because I thought the <laughs> FTC was going to come shut us down earlier in the show. <laughs> yes. and we had to have that little bleep out. Yeah. So we can't let the feds know that we're, you know, running nope. moonshine on our show. Nope. So, okay. Nope. All right. Yeah. i
2: think that would be an off some you know some, off someday someday
1: I, it's an in-person conversation yeah, Is well, what it's, I'm it's when
2: you drive to michigan
1: oh uh-uh.
2: that's not a bourbon trail but well, you know pretty. salmon and moonshine
1: yeah. buddy maybe some bread pudding oh buddy come on okay buddy. okay that's it Well, Deb, this has been a delightful time. (laughs) It's been so great to learn a little bit more about you, get to know you better. And uh, we're so appreciative of your time today. Thanks for being on Radio Gold
2: you're very welcome and I'm certainly glad to have had that. Sandra I read your article and I'm doing metacognition I loved that thank thinking you. about thinking I was like well that's pretty Gosh, cool Buddy,
1: you, tell us more you about know, this it's okay, famous really. article no, no, but- it's,
2: no, no it's, it's just out and you need to go read yeah. it that's all I'm, gonna I'm going to say thank right you Dan I appreciate you very very it was well done and congratulations Ginger I don't know you well enough yet but I'll figure out something to compliment you about <laughs> and ditto on know charity, you know, yeah, yeah you know,
0: charity.
1: So I, poor old I,
2: I, charity. Oh, poor old charity. You know, I lost um, a presidency by five votes. That's, that's all I'm going to say. And um, it was in another, it was in an organization that you know about. And so um, it was, that was kind of tough. You're not supposed to know how many votes you lose by. And um, it, 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 that was a tough one. And when you, I remember you not making a certain board, I think mm. you were running, maybe, and I said, "I know where you are," and that's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and so it means it, God, it means God has other plans for that's you. That's right. And look yeah, at look right. at what and look at, God has other plans. That's
1: right. I, hey, I never question that, buddy. Oops. I know you don't
2: either, for sure. No, Ginger, no, no, Ginger, open, you
1: either. Open yeah. your eyes. Take a big breath. Hey, this has been a great hour and we just want to remind our listeners that we will not have, as you know, the Physi- Health and Physical Literacy Summit in 2021, but we will be back together in person in Birmingham, February 13th through 15, 2022. Buddy, happy Valentine's Day in advance. We'll be celebrating all of us, Valentine's in Birmingham. Yes, we will. We can't, we can't wait to see everybody in person. So thanks for joining this, joining us and we will see you all next week.